So we, we gotta tell we gotta tell all the listeners the game plan. Every two weeks, they're gonna hear that goodness. Block out your calendars. We're trying to we're trying to make sure it has as much concentrated goodness as possible. So that's why we're doing biweekly. Yeah. Um, so it gives us it gives us more time to prep. You know, we didn't prep for this one, but you know, we might procrastinate a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> so you know, we're 17 episodes deep. They know what to expect. They know what to expect. Episode 17 of the Uswise Unwise Index starts right now. <laughs> was I'm that, sorry, was that a mispronunciation? <laughs> the Uswise, the Uswise, dude. Uswise. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. From the top, from the bottom. From the, top. <laughs> from the bottom, dude. From the block, from the block, prop, Birdman. Upside down pyramid. Episode 17 of the Unwise Index starts right now. I am Akshay, joined by always. Blah, oh fuck, I did this thing again. <laughs> I'm joined by always. God damn it. It's been rough, dude. Two weeks, dude, we forget what to do, man. I think my muscle. I think actually, there's some degree of muscle memory that is lost. Oh, I'm sure. Someone got some science papers out there. Link us. Link us those science papers. Comment on SoundCloud. All right. Episode 17 of the Unwise Index starts now. I am Akshay, joined as always by Monik. What up? How's it going? We are here. It is live. It is lit. How live is it though? How lit is it? I think it's so. I guess it depends on when you listen to this episode, right? Like it's relatively live if you listen to it like the next day, but like if you listen to it like a week, a year. A generation from now, it's probably going to be less live. You know, I can actually change the dates in SoundCloud. We can actually make all of our episodes basically state that they come out came out yesterday, so they'd be all live. Yeah, I, I noticed that. You can change a lot of the metadata. It's like changing time, dude. That's that's weird. Change the titles. You can change like you can change the titles. You can change the time. You can make people think they listen to something completely different. Seems borderline deceptive. It is. Deceptive. Oh, they're messing with time, dude. Hermione's time turner. Yeah, <laughs> I, I that was my favorite book of the Harry Potter series, Harry Potter three with Hermione. Shout out to Hermione and her uh, and her locket, her um, time traveling pen. What was that called? It was uh, a time turner. I think. I think it was called time turner. It was pretty simple, dude. I think it was time turner. <laughs> I love how all the spells in Harry Potter were like. Like Wingardium Leviosa, levitate shit. Ex- levitate expel- that, levitate this. <laughs> Expelliarmus, like, expels the wand from someone. Like, there's not much thought that goes into that. <laughs> those spells. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. I didn't even realize that expel thing was what you just said it was. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, uh, did I tell you about my the, my recent Harry Potter fix that I've been doing? Mm-mm. I mean, obviously, everyone on this, on the Edmonds Index, has got to be Harry Potter fans. If you ain't a Harry Potter fan, I don't want you listening. Get out, please. Get out, dude. Get out. <laughs> so, basically... Uh, there are a couple of fans who are making a uh, a video on Harry Potter, like a really well-produced video on Snape's interaction with James Potter, uh, Harry's dad. Um, and it was actually really, really well done. It's like 20, 25 minutes. It's called The Marauder's Map. You can see it on YouTube. So I watched that maybe three weeks ago, right? And when I was watching it, like all the memories flooded back of me just loving Harry Potter and just like enjoying that world so much. And... I wanted more of it. Like I had the 25 minutes of that video wasn't enough. So I wanted more. I wanted more. So what I did was that same night, I went and downloaded all of the Harry Potter movies. The following week, I watched all of them. And then I went back and downloaded all the audiobooks, which are read by Stephen Fry, which is pretty cool. Oh, I, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm on the third uh, audiobook right now, Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm at the tail end of it. I'm about to start Goblet of Fire soon enough. That, 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 that world is so good, dude. I do um, tend to discount how how much i enjoyed that stuff because just because so much time has passed but whenever i am reminded of it i realize yeah that was a really good world yeah. um and i never actually watched the last three movies yeah you um, need to get on that dude like the last three yeah. movies are pretty solid they go a lot darker obviously just like the books um, i don't know man it sounds a little dark for me yeah you know? but you get to hear snape's famous lines dude famous last words you know look at me and then would you like fries with that <laughs> would you like fries with that dude waffle fries dude 
You like waffle fries? I love waffle fries. Waffle fries, yeah. I mean, there's more surface area to dip into sauces, which is why I like them the most, right? Because, like... Yeah, that's true. It's all about the sauce. Dude. It's all about sauce because the thing is, like, with regular fries... Well, potato wedge fries are a little different, but, like, regular, like, McDonald's fries, you can you can only dip it in one sauce, and then that's, that's it, right? And then you got to, like... Let's be clear. Let's be perfectly clear. McDonald's fries on the spectrum of fast food fries rank pretty low because they're always, like, limp or oh, small yeah, or, awful. like, too thin. Wendy's fries... Almost the goat. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of another drive-through fry that is as good as a Wendy's. You know, fry. surprisingly, people don't usually visit this frequent this spot. But Hardee's, you been to Hardee's? Slash Carl's Jr. You mean? Dude, Hardee's fries are pretty divine. I have to admit, like they're they're pretty good. But the the main issue is like waffle fries. You can dip one side of the waffle into one sauce, dip the other side of the waffle into another sauce, and then the middle is just you know clear. It's neutral, and then you get like both tastes at the same time with one fry. Like that's. That's pretty nice. I can tell there's some rigorous experimentation that resulted in this. Yeah, because you can't you can't do it with a regular fry because if you dip both sides, then you have, your your fingers have no place to put it because then your fingers will get dirty with some of the sauce and you're gonna wipe it off and it just ruins the experience. This is true. This is true. But the waffle fries are just large enough to make that happen. I didn't realize the qualitative differences between American fries and British crisps. Like I thought, like crisps were just like you know slightly different cut fries. No, it's like you gotta like have lard in that shit. You have to like. You cut them a certain way. Like, they're pretty particular about that. Like, they're like, no, no, fries are not crisps. I never had, I don't think I've ever had a crisp. I just thought they were big fries. But, um, you know, that's me and my unrefined taste right there. <laughs> yeah, I never had a crisp. That's, that's interesting, dude. You might have had one and just not known it. You're like, this is a big fry, dude. Fish and Sweet. chips, fish and crisps. I don't like, I don't, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of fried fish, fish in general. So, like, I don't, I guess that's probably why I never really got it that much. That's one thing. Like, in the Harry Potter universe, the food they had was, like, fun, right? Like, well, well, there's not, not very many fun foods. Like, you had, like, Birdie Bots, Every Flavor Beans. You had, like, Butter Beer. Candy beer. was fun. But, like, it seemed like whenever you showed the scenes and, like, of them eating in the mess hall, like, I always thought the food looked pretty normal. It was like, there's a turkey, there's some potatoes, there's some, like, fruits yeah, and shit. Yeah, but you got to imagine that the, the food that they were eating was probably, like, the highest quality because they could just apparate that shit and, like, will it to existence. Or it was not the highest quality because they were apparating that shit. Well, I would assume but, that whoever crafted the spell to create a turkey would only make the spell produce like the highest quality and tastiest turkey right you're not going to get like some fucking i don't know like amy swanson turkey you're gonna get some like nice like i don't even know jimmy dean trying to talk smack about amy swanson dude Dude, amy swanson amy swanson turkey pot pies dude they're just not that good man okay the problem with that sentence is you think a turkey pot pie can be good pies (laughs) are supposed to be sweet hold up hold up hold up what first off have you had have you had turkey pot pies Chicken pot pies, turkey pot pies are all nasty. Anything that's a pie shape that doesn't have mm. fruit and sugar in it and is trying to be savory, nasty. Nah, dude, that breading, dude. It's that breading. It's that hot gravy. Yeah, if I want breading, I'll get some fried chicken with some breading on it. Yeah, but then you don't. You can't mix it with, like, the veggies and the gravy, dude. Like, there's no other no food veggies. like that. I need hot sauce. I need, like, chips. See, I don't, I don't like sweet pies, dude. The only pie, sweet pie I like is like oh pumpkin God, pie. Dude, I, don't think, I think this is the end of this podcast. I think we're done. <laughs> dude, apple pie with vanilla ice cream. A good cherry pie. A good like, put some razzleberries in that shit. Like a good like berry pie. Like just. That sounds good. What? That's, I mean, that sounds all right. It's like the best, like I am not a big turkey guy. So when Thanksgiving rolls around, you know, you have your Thanksgiving feasts and whatever else. I'm like, ah, the tur- turkey's just a shitty dry version of chicken. Fuck turkey. But the pie game is, um, like that's like, that's like the highlight of my year. The pie game, dude. That's true. That's true. Now I'm just thinking of all those, those feasts in the Great Hall in Harry Potter. Have you ever read the? Did you ever read the Redwall books by? 
Oh, Brian dude. Jocks. I didn't know about those fucking rats and shit. Dude, those books were so good. This Okay, this is a failure of imagination if you dismiss them just because they were rats. And I think it was, like, the best set of, like, I think parable is the right word because they were, like, rats and badgers and shit. I think of badgers still as royalty, man, because the badgers in those were, like, the kings and shit. Was there anyone as evil as Voldemort in those books? Oh, dude. Oh, my God. I forget what the name of that fucking weasel was in Salamandistron. Holy shit, there was some haunting ass. Like, this guy was, so the key to these books is Brian Jocks is incredibly good at, like, painting narrative onto page. And, like, he could just make you hate this weasel. Like, it's like, what did that weasel do to that small mole? Oh, my God, he just, like, skinned him alive. The other, like, animals fear him as much as Voldemort. Like, you're talking about, like, they can at least say his name, right? You can't you even have say Voldemort's to watch, name. Yes, and, and I'm telling you, like, you have to read some of these books to understand. Like, the way in which he builds up, the, like, the horrific acts of these, like, weasels and shit is incredible. And, like, how he, like, th- like paints the valor of, like, the mice and the badgers and the moles is amazing. And the reason I'm talking about this is because the feasts, ask anybody who's read the Redwall books, the food descriptions of those books, the berries, and oh, the yeah. croissants, and the tr- like they have like some, somehow they have like British style food except for mice and all that shit. But like, it is the most appetizing description of food I have ever but read. But how in my are life. the how are the animals cooking the food? They don't have like a lot of them don't have opposable thumbs. Like they can't hold ladles and shit to like stir the stew. You know, they figured out how to make swords and weaponry. They also figured out how to cook food. So that's the that's the liberty that's taken in this universe. How what, what's the diversity of animals? There's like the whole animal. There's squirrels. Kingdom. There are rabbits. There are mice. There are moles. Moles are funny because moles always talk in this kind of like Cockney British accent when he's writing the pages, which is pretty funny. Like they're like these goofy, goofy ass dudes. Then like uh, the badgers are kind of like the you know badgers being large and aggressive animals are like the kings and shit. And like there's some pretty like I think a lot of these parables are like rooted in like British British like fables or some shit because like. Like some pretty interesting stories in retrospect. It's like like a forgotten king is found and like he's like reminded of his royalty and like he has to like sort of like his path is traced as he's like finding his way back to his kingdom as this like evil weasel is taking over the kingdom. Like hmm. it's some like fucking it's some like dramatic shit, dude. Like I was like and like you know you see him like meet his brother and his mother at the end before they like get killed and like spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, it's like <laughs> it's like dude, it's like I remember I was, like remember reading, reading that book in eighth grade and I was like. This is like the best. <laughs> this is the best thing, dude. <laughs> this is the best. This is so good. <laughs> I, I actually, so when Brian Jocks died, the author of these books, two years ago, like I remember there was this huge Facebook thread with all the people that I knew from like middle and high school, and we're all like, damn, dude, like those books were the best. You gotta pour a little liquor out. Pour a little liquor out for this <laughs> for dude. Red man. Wall, dude. <laughs> that was me and Harry Potter, dude. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I, 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 I love Harry Potter too, but I'm just saying, you can have more than one love. I mean, I dude. still dream about, you know, I'm just waiting, dude. Door knocks, door breaks down, Haggard walks in. He's like, yo, Monik, we made a mistake a couple of years ago. You should actually be in Hogwarts right now, dude. Here's your letter. Here's your letter. Put down that vape, young man. You're a wizard. <laughs> You're a wizard, MB, dude. You're a wizard, Monik. I'm like, I would go in a heartbeat, dude. Would you be? I would, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would just, I would immediately go to Hogwarts. Or, what house do you think you'd be in? No ads, but I think you might, you might be a, you might be a Hufflepuff, dude. I ain't, I ain't a fucking Hufflepuff, dude. <laughs> I ain't no fucking Hufflepuff. Come on. I, I Like, I – I mean, I've actually taken the Sorting Hat Challenge on Pottermore. All right, all right. Uh, you can do that as well. They placed me in Gryffindor. You know how when the Sorting Hat, like, has, like, an internal monologue with yeah. you like they mm-hmm. did with Harry and, like, Harry wanted to be in Gryffindor, but the Sorting Hat, she will do great things in Slytherin. Like, I think that the Sorting Hat would say, you know, yo, Monik, you do, you do great things in Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, nah, man, I, I want to be it. I, I would be, actually be okay with Slytherin. Or Gryffindor, same thing. Appeal to like both sides of 
what I value the most, like Gryffindor, like brave, courageous, bold, Slytherin, like kind of like unique and conniving and things like that. I like those aspects of both houses. So I would be comfortable in either one, but at Ravenclaw, like all the nerds, dude, yeah, well, I don't want to deal with that. Spoiler alert, dude, I think we're Ravenclaw. <laughs> I nah, think, dude, we dealt I with that shit at Hopkins, Everybody man. who read those books... I think thinks they have like this. They would either be in Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. Like first Gryffindor, second Ravenclaw. Because I thought I had this unique like, oh yeah, I think that's my breakdown. Everyone's like, yeah, it's my breakdown too. And I'm like, I think it's yeah. because those are the only two houses that are like considered like good and interesting. Yeah, everyone's like, ah, oh, maybe on my edgy days though. Like if I cut myself on that edge this morning, like maybe they think right. I was Slytherin. <laughs> right. And I'm like, but I wouldn't really be because I don't really want to commit to the dark side. And it's like yeah. <laughs> everybody has the same thoughts. Yeah. And who's your favorite character in Harry Potter? Mm, trying to think. Need to remember. I really like Sirius, Sirius Black a lot. Oh, Sirius and like the relationship we have. Yeah, I think it's because I liked Harry Potter three a lot. Like I, I, I liked how they. I thought the character evolution. Where, like you were so against this. Maybe just because I was young and like this is like the first time I had seen it done in like a reasonable way. It's like you start off like thinking this dude is like a terrible guy. Then like he sort of becomes this like mentor, this father figure to Harry. Like yeah. just the evolution of his character is like God. Oh, so like you have like an attachment to this dude. Yeah. I remember in summer camp when Harry Potter four came out. Or was it five? It was five when Sirius Black died. Spoiler alert again. Yeah. Like somebody, I was yeah. like that close to getting the book done. Like this close, and I went to summer school day. And some girl was like, yeah, you know, Sirius, when Sirius died, that was like, I was just like, oh, my God. She's like, yo, girl. I'm like, it's been like 12 days since this book came out. <laughs> People read that shit fast, man. I was always at the midnight book releases and it read it like the next two days. I'd finish it. Then like, oh, <laughs> this happened to me again, though. Okay, so when Snape kills Dumbledore again, spoiler, sorry. Um, it's yep. like I <laughs> logged on to Warcraft 3 and I was like, let me play an online match. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that too, and man. The name Everyone of the game had that shit. When Snape kills Dumbledore, I'm like, fuck me. God damn every it. Custom, yeah, every custom game, everywhere everywhere online that you went in that time period. Because, like, it was an interesting time where everyone in our age group was getting familiarized with online gaming. Yeah. Plus, everyone was addicted to Harry Potter. And everybody was getting their, you know, their, their like, initial swimming legs when it came to trolling people online. So, like, like the trolling behavior of that era was basically, like, be as frontal as you possibly can. You know, yeah. call people racial epithets homophobic epithets <laughs> spoil books for them like it was a special time it was a special time it was a, be- it was, it was a better time now everything's under the covers you know more sinister just tell me up front yo oh, um, man. yeah dude life would be so much more interesting if we just got into hogwarts instead of fucking college god yeah i'd be i'd be even down to go to like fucking Durmstrang, dude oh forgot about that one with like victor kraus whatever his name is victor crumb yeah dude. that one he's, fi- he's master of the fucking quidditch sounds like mad militant though yeah, yeah, it's like kind of like borderline radical shit going on over there. It was it was headed by it was headed by a former Death Eater, dude? I know, dude. It was fucking um, Igor Kas Kas not Kasparov. That's a <laughs> fucking chess Kas- player. <laughs> uh, a, uh, yeah, well, Wizard's Chess, dude. That made an appearance in the first the first book. Oh man. Well, I mean, we can't conclude the Harry Potter segment without talking about your your love, your first love. What's my first love? Good, dude. I <laughs> know, dude. I still love her, dude. Ivana Lynch, Luna Lovegood. I've I've loved Luna Lovegood. That's pretty much it. That's my favorite. She's my favorite. Oh, and, and Hermione, so quirky. Sort of, right? Well, Hermione as well. Mostly, I mean, mostly but, Emma I mean, Watson. I identified most strongly with Luna Lovegood. Like I, 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 I was like, you know, if I was in, I was if I was in the Harry Potter universe, like I'd probably befriend her. I'd befriend Luna Lovegood. I'd probably take her to the Yule Ball. I at least I'd try to. I definitely try to. Yeah, you would have tried. <laughs> Wasn't her dad like somebody? Um, famous in that i forget like she was like some celebrity because of her father right 
Avengers. Well, no, no, they they ran the uh, Quibbler magazine. Oh, right, which was like. Uh, I know way too much about Harry, fucking Harry Potter right now. It's all yeah, you still know all mind. this shit, dude. <laughs> well, it's because I've been listening to it again, so it's like it's all fresh. What I do wish, well, she's coming out with a uh, a new book, well, a new play. J.K. Um, Rowling. Yeah, yeah, J.K. Rowling. She's coming out with a with like that follows the story of Harry's son, uh, Albus Albus Severus Dominus Albus Severus, dude. whatever his name Albus is, Severus, dude. Yeah, Albus Severus. Fan services. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Things coming out next year. Uh, what I actually do want to what I do want to do, and like next time I have a vacation, I want to go to either Harry Potter World or you know, like go to one of these places where they actually. Oh, I heard. The so I have a friend who actually works in. Um, I have a friend who works down in L.A. at like at like Universal Studios, I believe. Like wherever they open the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and like I saw some video yeah. posted. Like it looked pretty cool. That's what I'm saying, man. They recreated Diagon Alley, uh, Nocturne Alley. They recreated Hogwarts, like. That'd be really fucking cool. I'm telling you, man, great business idea. If they uh, had like a week long stay at the Hogwarts hotel and like everyone's sorted into dorms and stuff like that, like a some sort of experience is crafted around that, that people would eat that up. I'd go. I I I spend all my savings there on that go. shit. What more? What more do you need? Warner <laughs> Brothers or whoever owns these rights. What more do you need? More business ideas, man. So I'm gonna make an expert <laughs> segue right now into Prince dying. Right. That sucked. R.I.P. Prince. You know what though? Like I see, I respected his craft. I respected his aesthetic. The guy was like living like pretty pretty freely. He didn't, didn't really care what other people thought, so I respected that. But I I didn't never really got into his music. I respected that his he was a really talented guitarist and singer songwriter. But I just didn't listen to much of his music. There was not it never really came up when I when I was growing up, and and I don't listen to it now. So I might have to go back and listen to his discography and see. What I like, because the only classics I've heard are like Purple Rain and a few others. So it's really bizarre. Yeah, Prince was like this presence and like this like pop culture presence, and like obviously like yeah. whenever you see clips is like extremely talented. Like there's this perhaps apocryphal story where like someone asked Eric Clapton like, "What's it feel like to be the most talented guitarist in the world?" And he says, "I don't know. Ask Prince." Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. like I don't know yeah. if that's real or not, but like yeah, you see him play guitar and he's crazy good. But it's like it's some weird. Apparently he was like you know he's like all about control. People say like. You know, he had, like, yeah. his Paisley Park studio in Minneapolis, like, native son of the Midwest, much like us. Like, I didn't realize yeah. he was so, like, always based in Minneapolis, like, basically only lived yeah, in LA yeah. for a while. Like, very controlling about his IP, very controlling about, like, basically, like, only putting his albums out in the format he wanted them to. Like, he, like, yeah. like in terms of licensing deals, like, there's this funny story where, like, he makes a documentary with, um, who's, uh, Kevin uh, Smith, Kevin Smith from, uh, like, the guy who did, mm-hmm. like, uh, clerks and stuff and like basically spends Lock like up. yeah like two three months making this documentary then like just puts it in the vault and like never nobody ever sees it Weird. um like refuses to license his song for kevin's movie like um like i think like there's no streaming service except for i think title right now as of like last week that has any of his stuff so it's like it's yeah. hard to listen to print like it's like if you're somebody of our generation who's like like after michael jackson died you know r.i.p michael jackson it's like it was yeah. like splashed everywhere almost to an opportune sense like you go to iTunes you can go to like Spotify listen to everything like you it's really hard to find print stuff still it's like surprisingly difficult yeah super hard maybe we lost two like really cool aesthetic giants like David Bowie and Prince in the yeah same that's year. crazy so that, that's pretty sad I mean I, I don't know if any other artists right now that are tapping into that stream of like uh, really kind of out there in the mainstream 
maybe maybe Lady Gaga fits that bill. I don't like yeah, just like sheer force of personality, you know, like right, right. I don't think anybody. I mean, I I would I would attest that you know, there's another group that does that quite yeah. well. You know, well, that, I mean, like groups. so, death groups might <laughs> even if you argue like with their emotional appeal and their music, it's like the the cult icon status is like right, so different right, right. for from anything today. Yeah. Um, and maybe that was just a function of how media worked back in the '80s and shit before the internet. It's like you could actually have somebody just dominate like that, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's not fragmented um, and shit. Um, but I mean, there's a pretty huge outpouring online, which yeah. is funny because like I'm, I'm I'm seeing Facebook posts of people who are like, "Yo, yo, Prince died, man." I'm like, "Yo, I, I know you. I know you don't." Listen <laughs> I to love Prince. this one. There's like, <laughs> there this one comment I saw where it's like, "Yo, R.I.P. Prince." I once told a girl in high school that I was really into Prince because she was really into Prince, and that worked. So thank you, Prince. <laughs> Dude, that reminds me of the story back in college when. Uh, do you remember the Elliot Smith shit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were walking around. I know this one girl liked Elliot Smith, so we just like we were just like whispering about Elliot Smith near her, hoping she'd notice. <laughs> Elliot Smith, Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith, dude. Between the bars, dude. Great song. Great song. But yeah, I think like the the one that hit us hard, I think that we remember, like the analogous experience is back um after Mike, you know, I think it was after freshman year, like mid between freshman year and sophomore year when Michael Jackson died. That was also cataclysmic from a media sensation because of what he had become as like a media, you know, focal point, just like post music. And like literally like I don't think maybe like they learned their lesson or something not to do it again. But it's like they shut down like the news for like a week and just had Michael Jackson coverage. Like it was insane. Oh, yeah. And, like, I will say, like, I was an MJ fan to some degree before that, for sure. But it's, like, I didn't really tune into his catalog pre-Thriller until after that. Like, yeah. my favorite album, I think, by Michael Jackson might be Off the Wall. And it's, like, and yeah. like all of, like, the pre-Thriller, pre-like, Gigastar stuff, like, I, like, it was all available. You could all learn about it. Like, people were talking about all of his, like, you know, random parts of his genius and his mus- you know, musical talent. It's, like, it was all, like, very accessible. It's, like, not as accessible now. So, I don't know. Even if it was, I don't know if I'd feel the same way, you know? Yeah. I mean, Michael Jackson, for me, holds a pretty pretty special place like i can trace back my love for music probably to michael jackson right like there are videos of me dancing to michael jackson when i'm like five six years old because my parents are like playing the music in the living room and i have just have myself dancing to it and so like i've grown up with mj for a long time always loved his music and i actually that that the night that i heard he died like I, i didn't tear up or anything like that but i was i was pretty sad and i was like you know what like i'm gonna go out take my guitar and play a little music did i say about the shit like so i took my guitar out started playing acoustic covers of billy jean and remember the time out uh on on campus and then i went to this other area near the, near the street and a car drives by he's like you fucking suck <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's impossible to him for him to make that qualitative assessment because <laughs> he wasn't even he wasn't even close enough to hear me Right, like he was just no mad. He was, just, he was in a he was in a sad place. Dude, Michael Jackson just died. Yeah, he was just mad at, mad at me expressing myself and trying to <laughs> pay some re- respect respect to MJ. I did, I did not remember that. That is hilarious. Yeah, man, I was playing some Billy Jean. It's like dude comes around, ruining my ruining my song. Sad. It's like kind of on my list of like my ever growing list of things to eventually get to to like listen to more Prince, listen to more David Bowie, like appreciate these things that I feel I would appreciate if I just put the time in. Well, we also did that. What I mean to show our love is that we, on our dorm, we put up a, a poster that said, "If you don't like MJ, you're not welcome." Yeah, and somebody defaced that shit, and like, they, like, so we had like a great, nice looking picture of Michael Jackson, in like a tux, and it was like, "If you don't like Michael Jackson, do not enter this room." Someone drew a monocle on him and said, "Monocle Jackson," very disrespectful. You got to give people respect, dude. Respect the name, dude. Respect the name. Respect it. Speaking <laughs> of putting respect on people's names, exactly. Respect, and, and like, and like, you know, I. Don't like to make fun of the way people talk, 
but I admire the way that some people have taken the English language and basically morphed into their own language. And yeah. Birdman, a.k.a. Baby, a.k.a. the supposed adoptive father of Lil Wayne, a.k.a. the, you know, the music icon of, I'd say, this century. Birdman, uh, there's a video circulating the internet. If you have not seen this video, it's not often that we just plug random videos on this podcast. Type That's pretty often, dude. Well, <laughs> by my standards, maybe. Um, Birdman, type in Birdman's appearance. Type, search for Birdman's appearance on The Breakfast Club. It's like a morning show on Power 105 um, radio station. Um, it's it, it's like it basically is a great encapsulation of a um, how ridiculous rap culture can get that somebody can pout for two minutes in an interview and then leave. Um, like Birdman yeah. comes in, basically says a bunch of like like fusses around for two minutes about supposed disrespect he got like you know throughout the prior months from these radio hosts. Um, like does not realize perhaps that he's getting filmed this entire time and like the mic is hot and like proceeds to basically create this amazing just cornucopia <laughs> of memes. Like, and like, it's just like, you know what he was saying, I just man. don't get it. Like, it's like, did he not know this would happen at this point? He's rolling 12 folks deep. He's like, I want to talk to you one-on-one. He's like, yo, man, you got like 15 people yeah, it's behind like, you. It's like, like, he's like, and like, he's just like, he doesn't even like give context. He's like, you need to put respect on my name. And like, he's like, yeah. uh, uh, nice to see you too. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. Don't be disrespecting my name. Put respect on my name. And they're just like, um, yeah. okay. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's like it's completely like, you know, like, like, it's when you are talking to somebody and like, you've had this conversation perhaps in your head for the last 10 minutes and like, <laughs> right, right, you know, right. He's like, I thought this would go. Birdman's like trying to re- recalculate. He's like, I thought this would go a different way. Yo. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, you know, but I thought he started respecting so my Birdman has this amazing star tattoo on the top of his head. And someone's like, yo, that guy's head looks like the Rugrats ball that Tommy Pickles had. Remember that shit? <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. So Birdman has been a long point of fascination for uh, our friend group because he's just he's just a cultural icon. He's just like, you know, he, he has the greatest hooks on most rap songs today, which he'll pop in and say like, he'll like say two lines like, yeah, get it, what? And then like pop off, um, rub yeah. his hands he together also has a the lot. Famous, he also has a famous bird noise. Yeah. That as well. Less of that these days. <laughs> Less of that. He is more hand rubbing now. Um, he's just the like, famous uh, hand rub. just a character. So just like read up on Birdman if you want to understand a cultural figure that will be remembered perhaps is indicative of, of the time we're in right now. I mean, he's also he's also a good businessman. $100 million, dude. He lets you on every check. $100 million. $100 million. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive. But do you know the background of why he rubs his hands so much? Yeah, they get itchy, he says. Well, itchy, I, I thought it was it was itchy and he likes using fucking um, hand sanitizer. That's you, dude. That's you. No, well, never mind. <laughs> I remember you would just use that shit every like two minutes in college. Uh, it's not good now. There's a study that came out that you know people were excessively using hand sanitizer in the hospital or producing superbugs, and hospital systems are having a pretty rough time dealing with it because people are just like too too clean, dude. Too fresh and too clean. It's too clean, man. Can never can one ever, like that sounds kind of dubious. Too clean? Yeah, because if you're just completely removing the bacteria on your hands, because like some bacteria is generally good for you, those bacteria are developing resistance to the chemicals found in that hand sanitizer, and then they're gonna stay, and you know that's just not good. Evolution is a bitch. That's what I've that's what I've realized with the Zika stuff, with like all these superbug talk. It's just like you just have to stay one step ahead of it, man. I mean, that's just we're just like one step. You know, we're trying to we're trying to beat Mother Nature. Who is trying to develop these scary ass things for whatever fucking reason? Uh, probably no reason. Evolution is just this driving force. And it's like scarier viruses are appearing, scarier bugs are appearing. It's like, what are we gonna do, man? What are we gonna do? Mother Nature always wins, dude. We've we've managed to survive this long on this earth. And global warming. Yeah, it's true. That's hard. 
<laughs> Damn, there's a lot happening, Mother Nature. Why you gotta hate so hard? I know, man. Uh, the last thing I had on this list was the, I you know I do I'm trying to say this with as little overtone of Schadenfreude as possible. It's the it's it's the unraveling of Theranos. Yeah. It's the yeah. we talked about Theranos in a prior episode. The controversy they were then just sort of entering. Um, which has now deepened significantly because they are now under uh, federal investigation for potentially misleading both customers and investors. Um, and when you, when the, so when when the FDA is involved with you potentially misleading, uh, when it comes to like medical technology, that is serious business. And like what's on the table allegedly is like revoking, I believe, Elizabeth Holmes and other executives' ability to like work in this space for like a number of years. Yeah. Um, it just sounds super freaking scary, right? So it's like even if like they don't act on every single measure here, it's like this is kind of a nail in the coffin, it seems. Yeah, I think they're going to be imploding pretty soon. I mean, it sucks because like what were these folks doing for? I mean, I was like a pseudo supporter in a sense, like I was on the on the the lot on the fence, yeah, and I was like you know climbing back onto the other side. But now it's this is not good. I mean, it's from multiple angles now, from CMS to FDA to so general federal investigation. And it's just not. There must be something going on. There's not – can't defend them very much longer. Um, there's definitely some issues and fraud going on. But the question is what is the the actual extent and is anything recoverable with or without the two main folks, Sonny Balwani and Elizabeth Holmes? Because if, if there's some part of the technology that's redeemable and some people were – some consumers are seeing value out of the service, then I don't know. It could be some level of a loss to completely you know shut down the company yeah. versus just replace management. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's – it's like perception-wise really tough to – like if again, if you're operating in the healthcare space, if you lose the trust of people, um, especially yeah. when you require partnerships like with Walgreens, like the big fiasco now is like Walgreens getting you know dragged into this, like questions about did they do their due diligence properly before partnering with Theranos. Like, um, yeah. like it's like if they rely on partner institutions to do this in the future, should they recover? Should they rebase? Should they like completely change everything up and correct everything? It's like who will trust them, right? Who will actually be yeah. there to – to sort of work with them. And it's like, that's just a tough, and again, like I think we both feel like it's, it's a bummer because like we both come from like healthcare technology background. Um, it, they were poised to do very cool things like, you know, on the surface, um, like you do not see many companies of Silicon Valley of sort of the tech industry, like being able to get that kind of momentum. I mean, I think it was a little bit disconcerting just how much PR and how much positive press there was. And like, obviously, like it showed that there was like sort of a, a negative side to the coin, um, but like just yeah. a bummer because like it just it just ups the bar. Like you think about investors being more skeptical. Uh, oh, you yeah. think about yeah. people being discouraged from even trying to do ambitious things, perhaps to some degree. Like it just it's kind of sucks, yeah. right? Well, I mean, I mean, hopefully other people realize the mistakes here. Like one one major mistake everyone always was talking about was the people that were that the the main management executive management were held accountable by were individuals who knew nothing about the space at all, yeah. right? And very recently, they trying to try to fix that issue by actually getting quite a few scientific advisors and clinical advisors on the team, but it's way too little too late. And I'm surprised those folks even joined, uh, knowing because it's been an absolute shit show surrounding the company for the past few months. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they just like threw those folks on their website in name only, and there's actually no significant advisory relationship with any of them. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, Lessons, dude. Lessons. Lessons. Lessons are blessings. If you think about it, lessons are probably pretty painful for those guys right now, and I'm sure none of the, none of the Theranos people would appreciate that comment. But yeah, <laughs> um, 
you know, like you said, there's a learning. There's always a learning moment. And yeah. Nothing else. That's a silver lining. Yeah, man. I guess the only other thing that I had was maybe some some like music discussion. You've been listening to anything? I haven't listened to much, uh, actually. I mean, the only thing that I'm looking forward to is coming out on May 6th. I've actually blocked out time on my calendar for four hours to listen to this album. The New four Death hours? Album. I got to listen to it a couple of times. <laughs> I got to really get It's like there are only a few things in life that I really, really look forward to. Music falls into that category, and in the gradient of different releases, I look forward to the most. You know, Death Grips release is probably the thing I would I, – I can't think of another artist that I would look forward to more than Death Grips releasing a new album. Rhymes with Rake. Drake. Oh, Drake. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, there's not much else I can uh, – I mean, there's not much, no other artist I really look forward to outside maybe like – I don't know, fucking like – maybe like Sufjan came out with another yeah, album Yeah, apparently his, his Coachella performance was crazy. Sufjan's? Yeah. Oh, he I like was that. like he did like the full on like Sufjan and Wings show like did Impossible Soul like did oh cool supposed to be pretty crazy, nice. but I mean they released some snippets off the new Death Grips album Bottomless Pit and look it's it sounds crazy it sounds super fucking hype I just I just don't know if my brain can like jive with Death Death Grips in its current form <laughs> I just like maybe like at some later point in time maybe under some like you know chemical alteration but it's like I just I, there's like certain songs like the catchy ones like. Um, I've seen footage, like, it's like those I get, but it's like, I just, I need more melody. I need more like beat. I need something. Have you ever tried listening to it with the lyrics up so you can read, like kind of understand what's going on on the side? So, Monica, I'm here to lead and I'm not here to read. Um, like, I, <laughs> not, I'm not going to, not going to do that. Sorry. It's helpful sometimes, right? Like sometimes I know like rap genius, like looking at rap lyrics, same thing with death grips. Like it does, it's not going to make you like the, the sound anymore. Like it's not going to make you like the beats anymore, but at least you might resonate more with the actual song. I can song. appreciate like the, again, like the, the paranoia, all that, like sort of like the atmospherics and like the, the sort of like visceral emotional impact. But it's like, am I going to listen to this as I'm walking down the street? And like, that's where I need to get to. It's like, maybe at some point I will want to listen to this as like not an artistic expedition or whatever. Interesting note, David Bowie, his, uh, his kind of last release, Black Star, which he comes releasing as this is my album that I'm going to go out on because I'm going to be, you know, um, on my deathbed. Yeah. Um, he said his, he cited his biggest influence for the album was Death Grips. And they, I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, Death Grips is, you know, by the transitive property, the most influential group. Fine. All right. <laughs> like, you know what? Opinion, it's dude. like, all right. At some point, I will eventually <laughs> understand all of this, but today is not that day. Yeah, Today enough. is not that. What about you? What music have you been listening to? Um, smattering of things. Um, I actually have been working my th- way through the Beatles catalog. Um, yeah, shout out to the Beatles, man. Pretty good music. Pretty good music. Yeah, of course. Like yeah. you know, you, you know, you, you know, like the hits. You know, like the songs you hear on repeat. But it's like I'm actually trying to work my way from the from the back of the album to the, the back of the catalog to the front. And it's like I forgot, like the you know the initial you know albums, 1973, 1974, like had like a very sort of like you know they they had like they were getting influenced by like early roots of like R&B and like Motown and stuff and like just like bass heavy stuff like there's like it's different um you you know I think like you tend to hear a lot of like the middle to the front of the catalog um yeah and so that's there's that um I've been listening to um there is there's an artist that uh is a rapper from Chicago um he actually he was part of Odd Future but had the falling out with them so like if you ever if you listen to the track Yonkers by Tyler the Creator um you know he says like um they say success is the best revenge, so I beat DeShay up with a stack of magazines I'm in, is a line yeah. in Yonkers. So Brandon DeShay is the, that guy. And, like, he did this, like, this weird trip to, like, Japan, or, like, he's really obsessed with Japan now. So he has, like, this, like, 
strange synthesis of like Chicago slash New York rap, but like very based on like his like experiences in Tokyo. Um, and like, it's kind of like upbeat, kind of like nerdy, kind of, kind of like, you know, a little cheesy, but like, uh, he's got pretty good flow, uh, and the beats are pretty good as well. Like he was a producer first, like Tyler. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm listening to that as well. It's called Brandon Deshay. It's called Golden Boy, Golden One, something like that. You also might be interested, uh, James Blake is coming out with his new album soon. Oh yeah. Next like two weeks. He is Kanye West's favorite artist. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. And Kanye West is actually going to be on... Uh, James Blake's album. You got him to. It's gonna be like some, some like you know really, like low key stuff. The kind of gonna be like, huh? It's gonna like just come out of speaking, nowhere. Speaking speaking of music, I just watched uh, Straight Outta Compton. You watched that yet? No, I have not. Oh, dude, it's really fucking good. Really good. I should probably watch it. Yeah, I mean, like I, I didn't know the entire backstory of like you know Easy E, yeah, starting in the drug business, putting money up to uh, start Ruthless Records, getting Dre and Cube on board, then the whole kerfuffle between Dre leaving and signing on a death row with Suge Knight, and Suge Knight's represented like pretty poorly in the movie and he was obviously a pretty nasty dude and then that evolution of uh you know dre you know leaving death row records starting his own shit and it was actually a really really well done well done movie that you know extremely solid pace even though it was close to two hours long and detailed all the events um in the formation of nwa and kind of the growth of ice cube uh and like it's, it's funny because ice cube's son is playing in yeah, yeah. in the movie and he does like a fucking amazing job all the everyone kind of looks very similar to the artist themselves so i don't know how they lucked out with finding really talented um actors and actresses who actually look like their counterparts that must have been a hell uh hell to actually cast appropriately but yeah definitely definitely watch it there's a lot of cool music backstory there also beyonce just released an album that's apparently tearing up the internet um was lemonade lemonade yeah Apparently it features yeah. James Blake, like she name drops like Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend. Like it's like a per- it's a pretty interesting. It sounds pretty interesting. I might I might have to check it out. Problem is, yeah. it's on title I think exclusively. So God damn, dude. Titles title, titles man. also I think just got Prince's catalog. Like I said before, so like title is like you know, might be in the might be in the race still. You know, might actually their interface isn't too bad. I mean, Beyonce Beyonce is a powerful thing to have an exclusive around. Like like that a Beyonce oh, yeah. album is like a that's a, that's a powerful tug. So. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they will stay. Maybe they will, you know, stay in the race for a little longer. I, I can't see myself signing up though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it's the only way to get listen to it right now, I might just start another free account, listen to it, and then decide if I want to stick it, stick with it. Yeah. Well, we might, this will be a short and sweet episode, but I think I think we packed a lot in here. Yeah, we did, dude. We covered, you know, Harry Potter. Who, who else could say they have Harry Potter, Birdman, and Theranos in the same episode? No one. No one. <laughs> I'll tell you what, no one. <laughs> Only the Unwise Index, that's what you get. The special sauce, the special class alert special type class of music. Alert. <laughs> All right, so we better cut this off. Another one. Well, hopefully we have another one. Another one, dude. Yeah, we'll get one. All right, we'll cut this off in three, two, one, go. ain't gonna say no more, Put some respect when you mention my name. You're talking about killers, but you ain't no killer. Pull up on you, it's game time, nigga. Frontline, you make headline niggas. Say my name, get it right. Whip it right, private flights. Every night, she keep it tight. Choppers all of that red light. Her stirs by the nigga. Keep it real with yourself. Hating on a real nigga. Really bad for your health. Mama left and they sent me. She never seen me in it. I was born to be with it. Came in and she fit it. Came in and we winning. Left out and we did it. Let them know that we with it. They all said that we did it. Nigga know we the business. Put it down from the sand. Ball
life we living. Cluster diamond in my hand. Diamond cross in that sand. Diamond price on that man. Gucci stripe on that van. Knock him off of that plan. Put some respect when you mention my name. You talking about killers, but you ain't no killer. Pull up on you, this game time, nigga. Frontline, you make headline, niggas. Say my name, get it right. Whip it right, private flights. Every night, she keep it tight. Choppers all of that red light. Her stories about a nigga. Keep it real with yourself. Hating on a real nigga. Really bad for your health. Taking shit just for granted. Pulling up just to have it. Loud talk, you get madness. Loud pipes and we mashing. Stun a man, live lavish. Doing shit, we the baddest. Alexander, my bitch. Every day we damn Third wall like my daddy. Rag top on that cat. Big money on shine. Stay fly with the fashion. Nigga know that we pack. Every time that we mag. Uptown high boy. Stunt never no lacking. Put some respect when you mention my name. You talking about killers, but you ain't no killer. Pull up on you, this game time, nigga. Frontline, you make headline, niggas. Say my name, get it right. Whip it right, private flights. Every night, she keep it tight. Choppers all of that red light. Her stories about a nigga. Keep it real with yourself. Hating on a real nigga. Really bad for your health. Yeah, yeah. Stunner man. Rest in peace to my mama. Shout out to my city, Uptown New Orleans. Tell them niggas respect my name. Keep it out they fucking mouth like a gangster. Rich gang, I don't bang, nigga. Beat talk. We out here, uptown third wall, nigga.